Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Data Chips. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Robert Turbin's here, so we're going to jump in with him. i just say this, though, dude, it's sort of like our, the conversation we could have a little bit later. Because our YouTube feed is just like, LeBron, no, LeBron, no. Keep LeBron away, keep LeBron away, keep LeBron away. I've had the exact same answer every single time his name has come up to the Warriors my whole life. Every time. Until now. Oh, God. You quitter. Ah! It's different now. I just gave you something during the break on a platter. Yeah, you did. Which we're going to give to all of you after Robert Turbin. It's a gift from Dibber Claws to all of you. Get there now. It's going to happen. Yeah, I don't want to take that from you. Are you kidding me? Um, Let's talk to Robert Turbin, though. He's been on the show a couple of times. He's always a fun guy, especially because local guy. Like, all of our listeners go crazy every time Robert Turbin comes on because apparently everybody, like, who you ever went to high school with apparently all listens to this show, Robert. Do you know that? You know what? It's starting to to materialize. Everybody starts to hit me up now, so... You feel me? Maybe I should get a little portion of the show because huh. all my guys and, 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 and friends are listening to the show because of me. Wow. No, wow. come on in, Robert. That was, that was aggressive. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> no, no, no. Now you're not wrong. Shout out Irvington High and uh, all the great people down 880. And when we do Donut Friday, we'll give you the first pick in the draft if you come in studio. There we go. There we go. But I'm hearing some talk about LeBron and the Warriors, man. You guys don't like that shit? Well, I'm out, I mean, Robert, I'm yeah, out. like we've always not liked it because it's like, wait a minute. We, we've been down the road before of bringing in a hired gun to the organic nature of the core. And while it was very successful, it just doesn't feel as good as when they win it on their own. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what? I have to be. I'm with you on that 100%, actually. I, I really am. Because last season, that felt like a real. I mean, all of them feel like real titles. But last season felt organic. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Robert Turbin with us, former Seahawk. You know what, Robert? Actually, your your joke about getting some proceeds from our show just made me think of something that's completely separate from the Niners-Seahawks game, which we'll get to, but I'd love the player answer to this. What is your take on what's happening with Lamar Jackson? And if you were a Raven player, and there was even a hint of the idea of you're sitting out because they're not doing you right financially, I've just wondered, because a player's looking at that going, yeah, Lamar, we, you're right. We got your back. We want everyone to get their money, too. But at the same time, dude, are you sitting out on us when the playoffs get here? Like, how would you feel about that if you were his teammate? Yeah, that's a tough one right there. It's a slippery slope. I've been through that a couple times with a couple teammates of mine when I was in Seattle. Earl Thomas held out for a time. Marshawn threatened to retire because of a contract dispute with the Seahawks at one point. And, you know, those are two players that we obviously needed to be able to have the success that we had. And this is a different situation because we're talking about this playoff. I mean, this is winning time. I mean, this is an opportunity to get a championship. There are so many players. I mean, we're talking about the Bay Area. A guy like Frank Gore, who I played with in Indianapolis, you know, 16 years in the league, third all-time in rushing, in the history of the NFL, never won a title. And he would trade all the stats. I've talked to him about it. 
He traded all the stats in tears talking about it just to win the title, man. So it's a, it's a slippery slope, but at the end of the day, man, the, the business side of it is the business side of it. And as players, especially in today's day and age, I think we are comfortable and understand that more than anything. So as a teammate, I'm looking at the Ravens more than I'm looking at Lamar. Like, bruh, what are you guys doing? Get our quarterback paid so we can get on the field and have a better chance of winning the title. Yeah, because there's almost no chance to win a title with their current situation. I mean, not to say that the third stringer can't make noise, and that leads us to the 49ers and their third stringer, Brock Purdy, who's now the first stringer. As a player, if you see a third stringer come on the field, what's your first thought as, as a teammate offensively? As a teammate offensively? Oh, man, my first thought is, listen, I got your back, number one. Wholeheartedly, like, don't go out here trying to do too much. You've been playing football your whole life. You got this, and guess what? Man, you got the big dogs right here behind you as well, man. So anytime a backup is in there, second string, third string, that's always the mindset, just to know that, listen, the, the weight is not all on your shoulders right now. And if, if, you, if you watch how the 49ers play, obviously that's how they play the game regardless of what quarterback is in there. Robert Turbin here is with us on Willard and Dibbs 95.7 The Game. It's an obvious question, but we have to have it from someone who put on a Seahawks uniform. Be real now, Robert. What kind of what? I know you are. That's what. So, what kind of chance do the Seahawks actually have? You know what? I think the, ch- the uh, listen. Chances are there's still a chance. All right, that's my favorite quote. My favorite movie of all time, loving basketball. There is because it's a game of football. It's a sport, and we've seen it before. We saw the Bengals uh, go to the Super Bowl, right? You know, being the sixth seed, and we saw you know the the, the 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 Seahawks historically they they went up against uh, the number one seed New Orleans Saints and you had the beast quake and all that kind of stuff so there's always a chance but I do believe that the 49ers are a better team and uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout I think it's going to be a really good game I think the elements are going to affect that a little bit but um, you know wouldn't be surprised if Seattle found a way to win but I mean if you're asking me to bet my money on it I got the 49ers what does Seattle need to do other than generate a bunch of turnovers and get the ball to bounce their way? How does Seattle come into Levi's and find a way to take apart this Niner team for four quarters and get the win? Well, what the Niners do so well is that they're a balanced offense, right? Let's, let's, let's take away the defense for a second because we know that they're great defensively. But offensively, they're balanced, and they got a bunch of guys that can get the ball to that can make a bunch of plays, and their running game is consistent. And when you get into playoff football – Obviously, we talk about defense, we got to stop the run, but man, you got to be able to run the ball. And for the Seahawks, throughout the season, it's kind of been up and down, right? There'll be two, three, maybe four games. Kenneth Walker in that running game, man, it gets going, all right? Then they, then they kind of go on a lull, right? They can't get the run game. You know, teams are defending it well. And then the last three games, all right, Kenneth Walker's worse for over 100 yards in the last three. They've gotten it going. That's got to be the key. It can't be all on, on, on Geno's shoulders. You can't expect him to throw the ball for, you know, over 300 yards if you want to beat the 49ers. You got to get the ground game going. Robert, I'm looking at Brock Purdy and Geno Smith for both of them. First playoff game. Go back to your first playoff game. What did it feel like? How was it different? Uh, the atmosphere was just totally different. I mean, it was, I mean, even the, even the wild card game from week, which used to be week, you know, week 17, right? Last game of the season going into that next week into a playoff game, man, I mean, the atmosphere completely changes. More cameras, more media, more attention. I mean, the hype is real. 
Uh, and, and, and it changes. And, you know, for a guy like Dino and for a rookie especially like Brock Purdy, uh, they're 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 going to get an opportunity to see that difference. How much does playoff experience at the quarterback position play into expectations? Because Mark and I were talking about it. Tom Brady's got thirty five playoff wins, but not much else in the NFC in terms of playoff experience and playoff victories. Does that allow Geno Smith and and Brock Purdy to have much more of an even footing going in? I think so. I mean, I think playoff experience can be overrated in, in some instances. I think that like when those fourth quarter opportunities come around and you, and you talk about those critical moments throughout a football game in the playoffs, I think that's really where uh, experience matters most. But, you know, I think about our team that won the title. And, you know, listen, that, I mean, essentially for a lot of guys, that was their second time ever being in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So, you know, the, the, the experience is, uh, it, it matters in some cases, but, but not really overall. And I think that it gives the opportunity for Geno and a guy like Brock Purdy to go out there and let it loose, man. Go play ball. Robert, I wonder what your insight into this coaching matchup would be. Like, Pete Carroll getting ready for a playoff game. He saw the he the bee's knees again because he took this team to the playoffs. What 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 does he give or or not give to a playoff team in uh, in this situation? Well, he gives he gives all his teams confidence. I mean, if there's one thing Pete Carroll is great at, man, is helping you play at your absolute best. Whatever your highest potential is, I mean, he's there to help you reach that. He wants you to play free uh, and just fly around. There's no pressure with, with, with Pete. It's, it's not like, oh, we're in the playoffs now, there's this added pressure. Nope, he's still riding around the facility in a scooter. You know, he's still showing <laughs> funny videos and team meetings. We're still shooting the basketball around in team meetings as well. Nothing changes with Pete. We're going to game plan, we're going to do our stuff, and we're going to go out there and get ready to win a football game. Kenneth Walker's come back from injury, the rookie, and really started to tear things up on the ground. What's your expectation for Walker against the best run defense in football? I don't have high expectations for Kenneth Walker in this football game, if I'm being honest. He's, huh. he's a young player. He still has a lot to learn. And at times, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, he's a little herky-jerky with what he wants to do with the football. What he's done well the last three games, other than the schematical side of it from the offensive coordinator, he's made his decisions quickly. Early in the season, it was he was second-guessing himself at times. He was looking for that big run all the time. And as running back, you have to be okay with taking three. Take three, take three, boom, and then you'll be able to break a big one eventually. So for Kenneth, he has to be decisive in his, in his, in his decision-making as a runner, and that's going to help him produce and be effective in his football game. Is he the rookie of the year, or is it Brock Purdy, or are you off the board with Garrett Wilson? Uh, I, you know, listen, I, I, I know Brock Purdy stepped in, and he did an amazing job, but it's not Brock to me. Uh, you know, Kenneth obviously uh, ha- is in the conversation because of what he was able to do, uh, but I got to go with Wilson out there in, in New York. Three, three, three different quarterbacks. I mean, wh- whoever the quarterback was, he was out there doing his thing. And if you watched him in this last game, I mean, he really – I mean, he had a, he had a fantastic game uh, in that finale. Uh, and so, to me, you know, he's the, he's the offensive rookie of the year. Um, I think I agree with you on that um, uh, as far as how that vote's going to end up going, even though he's not the favorite right now. Robert, uh, great stuff. We always love having you. Checks in the mail. All right, fellas. Take care. <laughs> there it is. Uh, there it is, Robert Turbin. Although he did say on the way out the door, the thing that it it mm, I get it, but it gets me a little bit every time I hear someone say it. Oh, this, this isn't Brock. It's just everything around him. 
which I, 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 it's fascinating to me that people don't think that they're saying what they're saying. You're saying that anybody can quarterback this team, and it's flatly, I know what I'm saying when I say that. Untrue. Well, it's untrue. It's been proven untrue. I mean, it's actually been proven the opposite because How Jimmy so? Garoppolo came in. Jimmy Garoppolo, no one has ever said, is a top ten quarterback, and he won with this team. And then he goes it's out. One other person. Brock Purdy comes in, and he does the exact same thing. Seventh round pick, and he's come on, and he's run this offense. He's made the throws that he's made. He's not a guy that's carrying this team. Would you say that? Brock Purdy is carrying this offense? I'm sorry. I don't see them ever scoring 30 points until he showed up. He's doing something very different than Jimmy right. Garoppolo, number one. But he's and number, not carrying this offense. Number, number two. I, what changed six weeks ago? Explain it to me. Uh, you got uh, Christian McCaffrey humming, and you got uh, an offensive McCaffrey line that's already, playing as, as well as McCaffrey they've played all year. McCaffrey been there for five weeks. He had already been there for five weeks. And he's playing even better than he was earlier in the year. You've I mean, got George on, Kittle now involved in the offense. Who did that? Right. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. Oh, gosh. You, you think he just thought of George Kittle suddenly five years? You make it years? seem like Robert and I are the only ones saying this. I, and this I, is not to discount what Brock Purdy's I, doing, but... But it's totally discounting it's what Brock... It's really not. He literally just said it's not Brock, it's everything else. How is that not discounting and what he's doing? That's what I've been saying all along, going back yeah, to the Jimmy Garoppolo just, days. It's wild, because, by the way, when you, you, you the, the comp goes to Jimmy as if he's the only other person who's quarterbacked this team the last five years, and he's not. He's not. Well, you can't go back five years because five years ago you didn't Ka- have McCaffrey. Kyle five Shanahan years ago you didn't have Debo Samuel. Kyle Shanahan you didn't have Brandon era. Ayuk. But if you want to go back to the Kyle Shanahan era and look at what Jimmy Garoppolo inherited in terms of this roster, it was an embarrassment how bad they were. But then and the second part of that, though, is when you make that comp, it makes it sound like the team is exactly the same with Jimmy and Brock. And it's just flatly not. No, they're better, but you could take 12, 14 other quarterbacks and put them in place of Brock Purdy, and this offense would be exactly the same. Hmm. My opinion. TBD. I'll give you TBD. I'm not going to say flatly no, and by the way, 14 other quarterbacks. I mean, sure. In fact, maybe it gets even better if Mahomes or Allen or Burrow or uh, Jalen Hurts. I I have no idea. I'm even just taking guys of his ilk, like Kirk Cousins. If you had Kirk Cousins in this offense, (sighs) they're doing the exact same thing. In, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't now, if know you want to go that. to like a, a Davis Mills or Baker Mayfield, then no. I don't know if those guys would be able to step in and do what Brock Purdy's doing. Brock Purdy's skill set fits this offense to a T. This offense is predicated on get the ball in your hands, get the ball out of your hands. Brock Purdy does that well. If you took any of these other quarterbacks who do that well, I think the offense would look exactly the same. I just know that that Kyle, and I understand the McCaffrey aspect to it, but, but Kyle's been here for five or six years. There's always been a lot of weapons. It's changed, obviously, every year. Sometimes there's an Emmanuel Sanders. Sometimes there isn't. I get all of that, those aspects, and I also understand that this is only six games. But the man has thrown multiple TD passes every single time he's gone on the field. When they go into the red zone, they score touchdowns. George Kittle looks like it's four years ago all of a sudden. All of this happens in a six-week stretch. And we're sitting here going, yeah, it's the everything else. Well, but like this literally is the best six-game run of the entire Kyle Shanahan era in terms of offensive efficiency. And all of a sudden, we're just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the context. He's got to get some credit. Oh, he does. I don't, I don't Absolutely. Wanna, I'm not trying to give him all of it. But 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 the comment that he just made, it's not Brock, it's everything else. Sorry. Triggered. 
Very, very triggered. No, I, I get that. And I don't think that it's as fair to say it's just everything else. And it's equally unfair to say, oh, this is all Brock. Because you it's look at the numbers. Brock. It's not all Brock. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers. And look at what Brock Purdy's done in terms of when he's taken on. And it's not like Brock Purdy has taken this team up five or six notches. But the that's a box score. Looking better. That's a box score. Look at the look final at the score. Test. Absolutely. No, look at the final score. Look well, at, then look. you can look at the opponents that they're playing. And you look at the context of what's gone on in these games. The teams that, that he's played and the situations that he's been in. So you can't just look at the eye test or look at the box score and say, well, Brock Purdy is seven, seven times better than Jimmy right. Garoppolo. No, I'm agreeing with you there. I'm, uh, what I'm dismissing is the idea that Brock has just been given the keys uh, to a self-driving car. Like that that's what that's what so many people sound like. Oh, any idiot could go out there and quarterback this team and and Jimmy's box score and Brock's box score look very very similar. Wow, that lacks context. Like if you've watched a 49er game in the last 6 weeks and you try to tell me that the offense doesn't look better than it's looked in 3 years, I, I'm so, like I don't even know what to tell you. Like they're a walking 35 points right now. They've never been that. Even when they went to the Super Bowl, they weren't that. Yeah, and it's and that's I not, give a lot of that credit to Kyle Shanahan for opening up the playbook, and maybe he's doing that because he has more faith in Brock Purdy than he has faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. Joystick, as Bucky Books uh, said, I think that Brock is simply doing what what like what he had hoped Jimmy would do all along, which Jimmy wasn't doing, which right. led Kyle to draft somebody else. Yeah, it's just well, he drafted like, somebody else, and then he picked wrong, Brock Purdy. <laughs> I mean, he didn't. I True. give him credit for drafting Brock Purdy because they could have taken any other human being on the planet that yep. wasn't already spoken for. But you also have to remember that he went deep to draft Trey Lance, and whether or not that was a a him pick or a Lynch pick, or if it was Parag Marate or Jed York, they made that pick. Yep. He gets credit for Brock Purdy, but he also gets blamed for Trey Lance if that doesn't pan if out. If that goes the way it looks like it's going, I agree. I, I agree completely. Goes to Indianapolis. Um, <laughs> um, hey, it's Willard and Dibbs, all brought to you by Pfizer. And another reminder about 957thegameshop.com. DPOY shirts are flying off the shelves. So are the relevant shirts. Hoodies and, and, and gear from all the shows, 957thegameshop.com. Uh, we'll get to the LeBron stuff in a little bit. How about OG in San Jose? OG, what are you doing? Hey, Willer, what's going on? Hey, you called it. I called in maybe about 10 weeks ago, and I was scared about three and oh. five. And then they ripped off 10 straight wins, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I feel like, look, it is Brock Purdy. It is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy gives me so much confidence. And the way he attacks the end zone in all these red zone opportunities is spectacular. That's really the big difference between him and Jimmy is that Jimmy gets scared around the, the end zone. He doesn't throw it with confidence. He doesn't throw it into the end zone. Uh, Brock Purdy just smoked Isaiah Simmons on that touchdown pass to George Kittle. That was a phenomenal throw. I mean, it, it was jaw-dropping. In the red zone, Brock is absolutely money. And I think Steve Young said it best. The force is with Brock. <laughs> and, you know, if something bad happens in these playoff games, Brock gives me confidence. 
Jimmy gives me some jitters. That's why I am. <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, I get it. OG, thanks. Like I, th- he he mentions the red zone thing. That's true. I think there's three things. You tell me what you see. I I see three things that sort of are are the line between Brock and Jimmy. One is how he attacks the red zone. That's number one. Two, his mobility. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he moves uh, within the pocket and even outside of it to create more time. Uh, better, better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And three is that thing that we always talk about that's sort of hard to define, I guess, which is seeing, quote, it, right? Jimmy Garoppolo didn't see it. And now there'll be video every week of what Jimmy missed and what Brock missed. Yeah. Like in the, every every quarterback, oh, I didn't see that side of the field or whatever. Troy Aikman went off on that a few weeks ago going, man, the internet has really made it impossible for you to like a quarterback because they're there every day when it's like, look, there was an open receiver and you missed him. Like he's like, that happens to every quarterback all the time. But Brock Purdy with Kyle Shanahan calling plays sees it more often than Jimmy did. Those are the three things that I see that separate him, and so they might be insignificant in a box score. I think they're significant in a football game, though. He definitely sees it a lot better, and the elusiveness that you mentioned is something that uh, we talked to Will Hewlett, his QB coach, about his ability to dissect plays in real time, avoid pass rush with his mobility and his movement. He's not the fastest player in the world, but he's got a great pocket awareness. The red zone thing is interesting because if you look at the statistics, their red zone efficiency has gone down since Brock which is, Purdy which is wild. has taken over. They are now 53.97% red zone touchdown conversion rate. They are 18th in the National Football League. Last year, they were 644 in the red zone. And I know this is always a curious one because... If you score a touchdown from the 21-yard line, it doesn't count as right. a red zone possession. Right. Whereas if you get to the 19 and you stall out, that one hurts your stat. So I know it's a little bit arbitrary, but the pure red zone numbers, they've gone down since Brock Purdy took over. Here's what I wonder, though, because mm-hmm. that's that's gathering the entire team. Um, I, I got to think that Brock Purdy, in his stretch, has more red zone touchdown passes than Jimmy did. Brock only has three fewer touchdown passes than Jimmy did all year. In the eye test, all we think about is finding George Kittle with the toe tapping in the back of the end zone and Brandon Ayuk running the option route. And it seems like, and that's why I looked up the numbers because I was with you thinking, I thought the red zone efficiency had gone up, but in fact, it has gone down. Right, but what about touchdown passes in the red zone? Because red zone efficiency also brings in Christian McCaffrey running the ball in or whatnot. I, I, and I don't have that stat. I know you may not have it in front of you either, but I, red zone touchdown passes, that's got to be in Brock's favor because I don't know. I've watched the game. Exactly. Like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but holy hell, there's not a one of us that doesn't see that. And then to your point, look at the last time he played Seattle. Those weren't red zone touchdowns because he's hawking it to George Kittle from the 40. Exactly. And Kittle's trucking people and going into the end zone, and, and no one's going to take any credit away from Brock for that. Six straight games with multiple touchdown passes is something I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo ever did in his long run as a Niner quarterback. Postseason begins right now. The Road to Glendale is brought to you by Merrill Credit Union, working for you today, tomorrow, together. Okay, Steiny and Gulum, but coming up next, shift gears a little bit, and we'll at long last tell you why. Why we keep bringing up LeBron James and the Warriors. That's next on Willard and Dibs.
like everything Mookie Betts has done. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Okay, we got the LeBron thing for you right here, but you want to you do this? I just Let's placed... Let's do it. We're going to do it live. Yeah, I just placed my NFL all playoffs, all spreads, six-team parlay. What will that pay, Mark? Oh, my God. Uh, let me pull it On up On a $10 here. bet. I didn't probably... do $10. I just did five. Okay. I did five bucks. Let me just get this out of the way. <laughs> What's the FT? Come on, like at these numbers, why I thought, would I... I thought by saying a $10 no. bet, I thought you'd be like, five bet, way more than 10. For a 16 parlay? I always tell you the story when the when the Caesars Sportsbook uh, boss walked up to me and I had a baseball parlay card in my hand. He goes, oh, what you got there? I go, oh, this right here. And he goes, oh, parlay, huh? I go, yeah. He goes... We built this building on they you. Totally. Yeah. We built Keep this that parlay, buddy. Parlay cards. <laughs> like, oh, God. Six-teamer probably pays, it's got to pay, pay like 30 to one, right? Um, on a $5 bet, you're getting 150 back? $232.14. Okay. Wow. That's about... Uh, $232.14. about 45 to one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I didn't need to bet 10. I'm like, I like the total at five. And now, if you want me to go put another five on it, I will, just for you. No, I'm good. And that would turn it into uh, $464.28. Let me try and guess your 16. All right. And uh, and I'll, I'll go in chronological order. Uh, I think, Please do. I think you took the Niners minus 10. Uh, they're at nine and a half right now. Yes, I did. I mean, that's easy. Yeah, nine exactly. I can win at 10. Right. 23 to 13. Boop, boop, boop. Chargers, Jags is tough. Uh, I'm thinking about you and that, that coach from down south. I like Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I like them dogs. I like them home dogs. I think you're taking Jacksonville in the point and a half. It is at two and a half, and yes, I did. Okay. Jacksonville Dibber, Jaguars. Two, two, two for two. two. By the way, what do I pay you if you get all three of six of these right? 46 to one odds. <laughs> And I bet ten no, bucks on it. No, because these are all even. Anyway, they're they're mutually exclusive. Sunday morning, Dolphins at the Bills. I no. got that spread at thirteen. That's correct. You took the Bills sure minus did. thirteen. Sure did. I think I, the, the Bills could be minus four hundred sixty-two, and I think I'm I, like, I think they might cover that. Giants at one thirty against the Matt Steinmetzes is the Minnesota Vikings. This is a tough one because. Minnesota, mm-hmm. we've been disparaging them, and I don't believe that they are that much of a threat in the NFC. They're minus three. They're minus three. But I know you're not a huge Danny Dimes fan. You held your nose, and you took Minnesota, and you laid the three. 
That is absolutely correct. Okay, that is absolutely correct. You know why I took Minnesota in this game? Is it kind of what I said? It's also just too damn easy. Everyone's like, well, Minnesota, we've been waiting for Minnesota to get to the playoffs, and everyone would be like, they're going to lose right away because they're not that good. The Giants are not that good. Right. <laughs> the Giants are more not good than the Vikings. I love the Vikings in this game. Ravens Holy's and Bengals. Be fine, bro. Your Sunday night tilt. Uh, you don't have a lot of faith in the Ravens quarterback who I don't even I can't even remember the guy's name. Anthony Brown. Every time we do this bit, I forget his name. Nine and a half is a lot. Is it nine and a half? Ten. You're st- fine. You'll lay ten. You took the Bengals, you're laying the ten. I'm so sorry, Dibs. What? Your parlay has been defeated. You took the Ravens? I mean, the Baltimore Ravens plus the 10, and it might be my favorite bet on the entire board this week. Wow. Yeah, I watched. Okay, and I watched, just to close it out. To close it out. You took Tommy in the home. You took the goat at home in the points. We need them home toms. Two and a half and points. give me them home toms. This reminds me of the Super Bowl where I think I was doing the show with Steiny and Goo, and I said, hold on a minute, Goo. You're telling me you're going to give me the goat <laughs> at home in the Super Bowl and... Points. Points. I said, good Lord, give me the goat. Give me the home goat and the bull and the points. So I figured you were taking that in the same vein, but... You're taking the Ravens. You you got five out of six, which you know what pays in a parlay world? Boom, boom, boom. Bumpkiss. Bumpkiss. I made more in the uh, Mega Millions the other night. Yeah, exactly. I got eight bucks. I love the Ravens plus the 10. That's a big, listen, stop messing. These big numbers, I know I told you, Niners and Bills, but it scares me. These are playoff games. These are big numbers, and there's weather out there. This is a divisional matchup. They just played this game last week. The Bengals were way more motivated than the Ravens, and I think the final score was what, by 11? I think they won by 11, 35, 24. Like, the Ravens moved the ball some. I hate the Bengals' offensive line. Like, I think the Bengals will find a way to win this game. But I think this one's going to be uncomfortable in Cincinnati. I really do. I think it's a tight game in the fourth quarter. I'm looking at ESPN, and since 2017, underdogs in the wild card round, 16 and 8. Against the spread. Against the spread. There you Even go. though uh, they were 1-5 last year against the spread. Overall, underdogs have covered 61% of all playoff games since 2017. Oh, yeah. We- Unders, by the way. 67%. Interesting. And well, weather comes into play in a lot of these because of the time of year. And I think we just get excited about the teams that are the top three seeds and top four seeds in, in, in conferences. And we just bet them no matter what. We're like, yeah, the Bills are going to cover. Right? Niners are going to cover. And everybody's going to cover. And it's like, dude, these are playoff games in weather. I don't know exactly how it's going to go. But yeah, that's my 16 parlay. Wish me luck. Yeah, good luck. I'm, I'm right. surprised at the Baltimore pick just because. Love that But one. that's a lot of points. And now that I've read this stat about dogs going 16 and 8 against the number in the past uh, five or six playoffs, that's something. LeBron James has promised that he wants to stay with the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, boy. However, an NBA executive recently spoke with Sean Devaney. An unnamed executive? Just an NBA executive. I mean, he's probably named to someone, just not us. Regarding a potential swap that could put LeBron James on the move and maybe put him back into championship contention before the end of his career, and that executive pointed to one team as the team that might have the ability to get it done and get LeBron James, and that is the Golden State Warriors. The anonymous executive said that there are that there are talks 
Okay? Listen to what I just said. The anonymous executive said that there are talks. Not, hey, this would be fun. He says there are talks around swapping Jordan Poole for other players. You trade Jordan Poole? Including... Lakers star LeBron James and the executive actually explained how the trade might work if there's a bidding war going on at some point for LeBron. This is now a direct quote. The Warriors are in great position because they can give you the young guys, Wiseman or Kaminga or Moody or Baldwin, whoever the Lakers want. But then you have to add either Poole or Wiggins, and that's not easy but if they want to win now, you can give up pool if you're getting back LeBron, right? That's a quoted question. If they keep Draymond and come back with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and LeBron, that would be a fun, fun team to watch. End quote. Anonymous. Yeah, anonymous. NBA executive. Well, there's two things here. Actually, three things in play. First and foremost, LeBron James has a no-trade clause. So, if LeBron doesn't want to be a warrior, then he can kill the deal. (laughs) He'd wave the hell out of that for this. Odds are, he would wave it for this. The second piece is, when are you making this trade? Because if you make it this year at the trade deadline, you have to match the salary. No matter when you make the deal, you have to match the salary. If you do it this year, Jordan Poole's only making $3.9 million. It would have to be Wiggins and I just Poole. put in, yeah. in the trade machine, uh, Wiggins, Wiseman, and Poole, they make a combined $47 million this year. LeBron makes 44.47. That trade at this deadline would work. Green check. Wiggins, Wiseman, and Poole. So if you're the Lakers... You would certainly want, if you love Jordan Poole, and he would have to be a centerpiece to this, and you would also have to get a big, high-priced guy going the other way, and that's Andrew Wiggins. Warriors aren't doing that. They're not giving them both up. You're not giving up Wiggins and Poole. It's a Wiggins or Poole. And so you're right. Well, it doesn't work then at this deadline. It does after the season. Right. It well, does after the once season. Once Jordan Poole's contract Jordan, kicks into $28.7 million. Right, right. So then you'd have to give up Wiseman. Poole. Wiseman and either Baldwin, Kaminga, or Moody, Moody, a third of your young core. Yeah, and you you tell the Lakers which one do you like. And I know right now... It'd be Kaminga if I'm the Lakers. Yeah, and the idea of giving up Kaminga is very different than giving up Baldwin or or Moody. I get that from a Warriors fan perspective. So, 888-957-9570, how does that idea grab you? We'll get Stein and Goo into the conversation as well, and I'll tell you why. For the first time in my life... The idea of LeBron in a Warrior uniform, my mind is open to it for the first time ever. We'll get to that coming up next. Get geared up for the playoffs right now at 957thegameshop.com. Your relevant shirts and your DPOI shirts are waiting for you at 957thegameshop.com. This is Willard and Dibs. Carlos Correa question, then we can get back to LeBron and Steiny and Guru coming and all that. So, his press conference yesterday, and he did say, he goes, look, I talked to a lot of doctors, and I had a lot of doctors. A lot of doctors. Yep, told me there's no problem. And then I had doctors who said there's a problem, right? So he admitted that publicly, that's cool. 
Did he but, say what the problem is? It's, a, it, it's all about the ankle. Right. And, and then he's like, and it's, he goes, I was surprised. That's a problem. Because I've, I've never missed a game because of my ankle in my life, was his statement. Now, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this. And then Boris came out and did his thing and his dance and all that. And, uh, and Victory it, dance is what well, it was. Is, is it? I mean, I don't know. If you're the you know agent. What his percentage is? Of uh, two hundred million, less than three hundred fifty million is the answer. Correct. So but his percentage is greater than a percentage yes, of zero. Right, but there's no victory lap here. This didn't go the way they wanted it to go, and he didn't go the way of all the other shortstops at all. So, here, here's the here's my larger question. It's a little bit of a gotcha question. If I were in that presser with the Minnesota Twins executives yesterday, listen. If you're all going to tell me, hey, there's no problem with the scan. I don't see any issue here whatsoever. Okay, Twins, then when you offered him 10 years and $285 million originally and finished in second to the San Francisco Giants, why'd that offer go down? Because it could. Mm. If I were Carlos Correa, could. If I were Carlos Correa, I'd be like, well, but wait a minute. You don't have any problem with my ankle, so what happened between then and now? You know what happened between then and now. Are you just going to say leverage? Absolutely yeah. leverage. It's the nature of it. The Giants backed off. The Mets rushed in. Yeah. The, the owner of the Mets was having dinner in Hawaii yeah. and in between <laughs> bites said, oh, we'll do it, Scott. Just send me the paperwork. Late dinner, by the way. But anyway, go ahead. That's what yeah. you do when yeah. you're, you know, when, when you're, you're in New York. Exactly. <laughs> there, there is no time when uh. you're a bajillionaire. Then the Mets back away. And so the Twins are like, hey, guys, take that 10 and 285 and crumple it up, put it through the shredder, yeah. incinerate it like it never happened, because now there's no leverage, because what was Boris left with? He was left with either Minnesota, a place where he's already played and been comfortable, or opening this whole thing up again to another round of what if. So, I get it, but the question is based on what they were saying at the press conference. No problem here! Yeah. Oh, well, then I'm sorry. What what happened? Why would you want your average annual value for your player to go up to thirty three million when you originally offered him twenty eight and a half million? Wouldn't you rather do that if you have full confidence that nothing's going to happen with this ankle between age twenty eight and thirty eight? I would think you would want to do twenty eight and a half million dollars per year as opposed to thirty three. Wouldn't you? Well, isn't Twins the, isn't the deal still two hundred seventy million if he hits the. The plate appearances. All the escalators. Uh, well, no, it maxes 270 out. 270 is the max, I thought. Yeah, but I, th- th- something in there must be bonus or whatnot because it also only, it maxes out at 245 with and regard eight years. to the eight years. Right, okay. right, right. So, um, and bonuses those are, and incentives those and all the rest of it. Bonuses and escalators and all that stuff. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. You know, look. That's a fair question, and I don't know what Minnesota would say to that other than you guys saw the way this it's, played out. He's lucky that he got that. It's in the exit is right over there. Get out of here with that question. Pretty much. Yeah, but, but, but. But there's also some fairness to it if you're going to strike this chord of there's nothing to see here. There's no problem. It's just the two other teams totally backed off, and we lowered our our offer $85 million. But other than that, everything's totally normal here. This becomes one of the most fascinating long game we'll see. Either Farhan Zaidi is a genius, and the Giants medical staff was right to be cautious and back away from this deal, or... Slash Mets. 
Either fall hey, home, yeah. slash them. They did the same thing. Yeah. 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 I'm more concerned about the Giants. I, I can give a rat's ass about the Mets. <laughs> the Mets can at least say to their fans, yeah. look, look at what we spent. So we didn't get Carlos Correa. Are you are y'all mad? The only guy who's mad is probably Francisco Lindor, who was looking forward to playing next to hit one of his best yeah. friends. Yeah. I'm more interested in the Farhan's ID angle. And if Farhan is still here in six years, then he can probably say at that point, let's say Correa has six all-star years in a row and he continues to be a Hall of Fame player. If Farhan is still here in six years, something went right. Well, yeah. And so that at that period. point, he can say, <laughs> he can say, hey, you know what, guys? We got that wrong. Whatever we saw in the scan, we overreacted, whatever. But look at me. I'm still here. If, and we if, won the 2025 yeah, World Series. Yeah, if he's still right? here in six years, he can hold his hand up and be like, look, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I couldn't see you around that ring. Thank you. So, yeah. Like, according to MLB, sorry. it's coming in three years. 2025, yeah. MLB. Such a com. joke. <laughs> <laughs> MLB.com said the Orioles are going to be in the, in the World Series in 2024. That was even more interesting. For people who didn't see somewhere. It, they yeah. projected yeah. out every World Series for the next 10 years, and they I, gave the Giants the 2025. 2025. Over the Yankees. And the Astros uh, never... And the Astros appear in none. None yeah, over the next 10 years. They're right. trying to do what SI did oh so many years ago. Oh, the, the Astros are going to win the World Series. Right. And we all laughed. And then they did. And then the Astros became the Astros. Well, so. yeah. what, did, what did I do? Totally. All right. So, so the thing I'm saying is actually less about LeBron James. It's less about bring LeBron here because I have all kinds of questions about what's actually making LeBron tick right now. I don't even know if that dude cares about any more rings. I don't know if that dude cares about playing basketball. I think right now there's a hefty amount of of uh, evidence that what he actually cares about are his business ventures, which would, many of which are centered around Los Angeles and the entertainment industry, and then obviously know uh, about his family and his son and trying to get them up in the NBA. And Both maybe, sons. Right, right, playing together or whatever they may want to do. And by the way, they're 14-3 and three this year. Sierra Canyon well, had yeah. a nice little year down well, there in yeah, Chatsworth. Yeah, exactly. And his two kids, uh, both on varsity along with a Pippin and a Hardaway. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's all kinds. Of, it's a whole factory down there of little NBA offspring. And if you want to get LeBron, and I definitely am 100% and read my lips, I am out on the Warriors acquiring LeBron James for a number of reasons, but $53.3 million next year, and then a player option for 2025 at $57.6 million. So, right. Joe Lacob, Mr. Lacob, you're going to be paying LeBron 57.6, and you'll be paying Steph Curry 59.6. Right, and somewhere in there you would have to potentially re-sign Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. Good luck to you, Joe. I don't think this is going to happen. There's a larger point here that I'm trying to get to, which is this. The two timelines are over. We got to stop. Okay. I disagree with that. This idea now there are always two timelines. I'm not saying the Warriors should give up looking to the future. However, I am done with the idea that outside of Steph Clay and Draymond on this team, that there is some championship roster in waiting. That in three years you're gonna be like, then it's gonna be Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga, and the beat rolls on, get the buses ready for Market Street. Stop. I agree with that part. You of don't it. have anything. You've got some players. Everybody has some players. You know who has good basketball players? Charlotte. New Orleans. Detroit. 
No, New Orleans is actually good. I'm the bad teams. Oh uh, yeah, the I awful teams have good basketball players. You don't have anything. This two timeline idea that the Warriors are going to be the Spurs and that Tim Duncan's going to hand it to Kawhi Leonard the same way, and Steph's going to hand it to Jordan Poole, and we're never going to meet miss a beat. Chess over checkers, light years. Woohoo! Stop. You you don't have that. Like oh, it's almost impossible to do. Of course it is. And so we got to stop leaning toward that. What we need to lean toward right now is now. It is now. You know you have a roster that can win a championship. You just did. You have four rings with these guys. You know you have a core that, by the way, when still healthy, Clay has proven it this year. Steph has proven it this year. And Draymond has proven it this year. When healthy, these dudes can still run the show. They are still playing at a very high level. And I think right now, if you're a gambling person, and aren't we all when it comes to sports, at least mentally, if you're a gambling person, the bet on the Warriors trying to squeeze more out of the remainder of those three careers is way more important and way more likely than dreaming about 2027 and Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins being the next version of the Splash Brothers. But this is you as a fan saying this. This is not you, the owner, who wants to have a team that is marketable and watchable in 2027. So if you're Joe Lacob or one of the other various Lacobs who are going to be running this team, if they aren't already running this team, they own this team, they don't want this team to be 12-70 and 70 once Steph, Clay, Draymond are gone. And if, even if they aren't a championship caliber team, if you've got Jordan Poole homegrown in his seventh year, Kaminga, Wiseman still here, Moody still here, Baldwin, Rollins, and the other draft picks that you're going to get between now and then, you at least have something that you can market to your fans, even if you're not a championship team. Because only one team wins a title. If I'm Joe Lacob, I'm thinking about two timelines, not in terms of championships, but in terms of making money. But I'm not, I'm not taking that away from you here. Like that roster that you just said to me, that doesn't, that doesn't, you're, you're calling that marketable. They're not if they only win 15 games. 20 games. Well, you're hoping it's more than 15. Yeah, you're to hoping. Be I don't know that right now we've got the evidence for that. But we've seen this Warrior fan base support 15 win teams before. Well, sure. It's a great fan base, and Jordan Poole's a very interesting scorer in the NBA, but his presence on your roster by himself grants you nothing. So I'm not sitting here saying you've got to trade Jordan Poole. I'm saying that you need to, we need to, I think, broaden our openness yeah. To 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 being aggressive right now because even if you did give up some of those pieces that were supposed to be the future, you'll find new ones. You find new ones. The Warriors are going to be able to through free agency in the draft. They're going to be able to find people who can put up twenty points a game. They can do that. Like hard to do in the draft when you're picking twenty eight. Oh, but we're but uh, we're actually talking about something that's three years from now. Steph's not going anywhere right. that quickly. So we're not talking about regenerating this thing for three years. Who knows what Kyle Shanahan doesn't even know if we're going to be alive by then. So, but if you do this in the off season, let's just entertain the thought that you're going to trade three of your young guys for LeBron in the offseason, that's a one-year deal because Clay and Draymond are both up at the end of next year. Draymond would have to opt in, which he would, and it would be a one-year proposition. I'm just going to give this one to you, Mark, and all the fans in terms of Warrior basketball. We talked about... You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.